Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Let me see if I'm on. Good morning. Mic check one, two, one, two. All right, y'all. I'm not going to hold you too long, but there is a word from the Lord. Is that all right? You've been sitting for a while. If you don't mind standing, please. And if you have your Bible, 2 Chronicles chapter 12, chapter 7, we're going to read verses 12 through 18. 2 Chronicles chapter 7. And it should be on the screen in a few minutes, verses 12 through 18. You will have the New International Version of the Bible, and I'm going to read um, from New King James Version. That's just the version that I have. Second Corinthians chapter 7. And I want to thank Chronicles. I'm sorry, Second Chronicles. Thank you. Second Chronicles. The seas were getting me there. Um, thank you, Bishop, for asking me to speak before all this craziness took place. He had asked me. So this word is very timely. Thank you, Wuslin and the Legrand family, Matali. Thank you, the Legrand family. Thank you for sharing your testimony with us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Second Chronicles, chapter 7. Going to read verses 12 through 18. Then the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said to him, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. When I shut up heaven and there is no rain or command the locusts to devour the land or send pestilence among my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayer made in this place. For I have chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever. And my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. As for you, if you walk before me as your father David walked and do according to all that I have commanded you. And if you keep my statutes and my judgments Then I will establish the throne of your kingdom as I covenanted with David, your father, saying, you shall not fail to have a man as ruler in Israel. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I have a question for you today. We're asking questions today. So I want to ask you a question as well. What makes you pray? I want you to pause for a moment. Think about it. What? makes you pray. See, I was raised in a house. My siblings and I were raised in a house where we believed in God. We were taught that God was real. And we believed in divine action, meaning that there were certain things that only God could do. That no matter how much man tried to figure it out, no matter what science said. And, and let me pause here and say that God is not against science, okay? God loves science. In fact, he is the Lord over science. And he has created man and women with scientific minds that think and research and can explain things like the human anatomy and explain things like the animal kingdom, which is always odd to me, Um, but it can explain, and people can explain they've been gifted to reason out things. However, there are certain things that only God can do. Some of my friends in school would question and say, you believe in God? Why do you believe in God? 
how do you know God is real? We grew up in church, and there was a song that Mahalia Jackson used to sing, and I remember singing it in the youth choir, and the song was, Yes, God is real, real in my soul, for God is real, for he has washed and made me whole. His love for me is like pure gold. Yes, God is real, for I can feel him in my soul. The, the verse said, some folks may doubt. It also said, there are some things I may not know. There are some places that I can't go. But I am sure of this one thing, that God is real, for I can feel him in my soul. That was my mini apologetics, or that was my defense, as, you, as it were, that I would say to people, I know God is real. Because God, I, I can sense God. I, I, God met me in my soul. He, he knows my family. He's protected us. But as we grew, and I said we would pray together, and we learned to pray. And as we grew, we learned the power, and I learned more and more the power of prayer. Today, we're going through some things that have gone well beyond man's explanation, well beyond. Who would have thunk that on March 15th, on 2020, we would be anxious and curious and wondering about can I even breathe the same air you're breathing? Can I touch a surface that somebody else may have touched? We can't travel. You can't go certain places. Who would have thought that on March 15, 2020, you would go to the supermarket and not be able to find any toilet paper? <laughs> Hand sanitizer, I get. But toilet paper? Who created the rush on toilet paper? There are some things that although we cannot explain them, God is asking us to pray. I had a conversation earlier with Sister Tonya, and she said, why do you think that we're here? Trying to understand him. People have been asking God, why are we here? Why are we here? And this scripture has just been in the back of my mind. If my people, if my people. And I'm like, okay, God, we, people have quoted that forever. We hear it forever. But what does that mean? See, I've been reading and going through the Bible, and usually I finish every year. I go through the Bible and read it. Um, and I have a Bible reading plan. I didn't finish in 2019. So I'm in 2020. I'm going through the prophets. So I just got to this scripture and chronicles and had to step back and went, oh, my goodness. So let me bring you up to date in history and to figure out where we are. So this is Solomon, who is the son of King David. Now, Solomon is also a king. His father, David, was the king. David is responsible for many of the Psalms. Some of you may know David is a man, he was a man of war. I picture David as this biscuit-eating, muscle-bound brother. <laughs> David could fight. When David went somewhere, he just like, David just was like had swag and attitude. I was like, I like David. David wasn't scared of nobody. When David prayed, he would call down, and he would tell people, God, smite them. God, get them. God, just smack them up. God, destroy them. David didn't pray no meek, mealy mouse prayer. David was a bad boy. He was a bad boy. He fought hard. He loved hard. And he produced a son, Solomon. Solomon, not a fighter like his daddy. He was more of a lover, but that's not the message today. But Solomon <laughs> loved God. Solomon loved God. And here, God had, David asked God, can I build a temple for you? And God said to David, no, you shed too much blood. 
So I'm going to allow your son, I'm going to call your son Solomon to build me a temple. So here we come to the place that Solomon has built this temple and he's dedicating this temple. And But before he does, he goes into prayer. And in 2 Chronicles chapter 6, Solomon goes through this seven-point or eight-point prayer where he lists out all of these things that he wants God to do. And it made me pause and say, how did Solomon know that God was so good? How did Solomon know how to pray like that? Because Solomon was not praying, Lord, bless me, bless my neighborhood, bless my family, bless my... Solomon prayed. See, Solomon grew up under a father who knew how to pray. Solomon not only saw his father and heard his father praying, he understood that prayer was so crucial to everything his father did. Solomon was taught to inquire of the Lord, to ask of the Lord. Similar to what Wizzy just said, when I speak, you move. She didn't move. She, that was her way of saying, I inquired of the Lord. So when Solomon is saying this, and when we get to 2 Chronicles chapter 7, Solomon is saying a prayer about prayer. That verse 14 is actually a compilation of everything he prayed in chapter 6. So what Solomon did is, I want you to picture this. So Solomon builds this beautiful temple for God. David, his father, had got all of the resources together, the gold and the silver and all of the wood, the cedar wood, and he got all of the the angels, the cherubims, and all of these things. He gathered all of the resources. Solomon put it together. And before he goes into this temple, he dedicates it. He builds an altar. It's like 10 inches or 10 feet by 5 inches square. It's about 6 feet high. And he steps on this altar to pray. When he stepped on the altar, he knelt down and then he lifted up his hands before God. So he's in this posture. He's in this position where he prays. And he doesn't pray these milquetoast prayers. He gives prayers like his father. He's calling upon God, and he's saying, God, if your people, he says, God, I want you to visit us here. God, I need you to meet with us. God, I need you to have mercy on us. God, I'm calling on you for your people. And God responds to Solomon with this verse in verse 14, which is where we come to here today. I remember when I first came to this church, what I remember most about the people in this church is that they could pray. Now, this predates some of you, but when I, when I first came to this church back in 1980, 1980, in the fall of 1980, I met some mothers and fathers in this house who literally, this wasn't here. There was an altar. There was a wooden railing here, and they would literally kneel at this altar and pray. I mean, pray. I mean, talk to Jesus, talk to God. There was a brother by the name of Brother Paul. And Brother Paul would call on God and he would say, God, he would pray for people in the street. And I remember one time we were at a prayer meeting 
and he got his words just a little mixed up, but we know God knew what he meant. He said, God, would you help people to stop drinking that dope and smoking that liquor? And he, he was so sincere, and all the young people were looking at each other, cracking up, but he was so sincere of calling on God. There were other people like Deacon Vivian Dawes. This man was from Jamaica. And when I first got here, I didn't understand the Jamaican accent. I didn't understand that Bajans and Jamaicans were two different islands and two different people. While I sort of kind of knew that, I didn't understand the difference between the two. Brother Deacon, Deacon Vivian Dawes would call on God. And we all just stopped. When he talked to God, you knew that he knew God. He would talk to God. He would have dreams about people in the congregation or he would dream about things. And you were scared to come around him because you knew the presence of God. There were people like Mother Adamson. So Kia's great-grandmother, Kia, who you saw leading worship here, her great-grandmother lived on Western Ave. She would walk down the street. She would be praying as she walked in the door. She would come in the house praying. She prayed for her children. She prayed for her grandchildren. She prayed for her great, great. She prayed for people who are here now. She called on God before we even knew who they were. She was praying. She was praying. Their example of prayer is what helped me to learn what to pray for and to question, why do I pray? So Solomon chooses not to approach God any old way. He comes just as the verse says. First of all, he comes. He humbled himself. The word humble means to bring down, to get low. He didn't come to God like, you know, God, or you know, it's like this. No, no, no. Solomon gets up. Solomon gets up on the altar, but then he kneels down. He says, God, I'm coming low. His posture, when he came low, when he lifted his hands, he, it's this posture says, I'm absolutely dependent on you. Yes. This posture says, I in myself can do nothing. This posture says, I am vulnerable before you, God. This was a man. This wasn't a woman. This was a man whose father was a man of war. He watched again his father do the same thing. He humbled himself. If my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves. Solomon was also a king. He wasn't a priest. He wasn't one expected to come. He wasn't like a pastor or a minister. He was a king. He ruled the kingdom. But he also understood that as a king, God was calling him to a position of humility. If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and pray. Some, somebody, somebody say pray. pray. Part of the reason why I believe, and I've heard other intercessors and other people say as well, we're in the position we're in because the people of God are not praying. Amen. The church is not Amen. praying. We have gotten caught up in Celebrity. We have gotten caught up in ourselves. So I ask you the question, what makes you pray? Do you only pray when you're in trouble? 
Do we only pray when we need something from God? And pray. The word prayer there means to intercede, to make supplication, to stand in behalf of someone. Solomon was standing first for the people of God, then for himself. He stood before the God, before God, and he said, God, I want to remind every generation that I need to practice the presence of God. His father did, and now he's practicing the presence of God. He focused his mind and his heart on God, and he said, God, I'm praying, I'm calling on you, I'm seeking your face, and God calls us to do that. When Solomon prayed back in chapter 6 of 2 Corinthians, he prayed for justice. He said, God, I need to see some justice. We need justice to happen in the earth. He also prayed that we would win war and that we would not be defeated in the war. He prayed that God would be there when there was drought. He prayed when God would be there when there was famine and that there was pestilence. He also prayed for the people that didn't know God. He cried out to God and he said, I'm praying for the people who don't know you. And he also prayed, he said, God, help us that if we do sin and we're led into captivity and we're led into a place, God, help us to not forget you. If my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray and then seek God's face. The next part of seeking God's face, it means to strive after. It means to to search out, to look for, to not give up. When we seek God's face, we shouldn't be content with just the now I lay me down to sleep prayers. The place that God is calling us to now is going to require the people of God to pray differently to pray with more, in more distinction, to pray in a place where it's no longer just satisfied with the Lord bless me. We have got to become more intentional with our prayer. But while we're doing that, while we're striving after, while we're seeking God's face, we should not settle for when we come together or even in our own private times that God doesn't show up. We need to make sure that when we gather, God shows up that we're seeking him, that he knows we're hungry for him. I remember hearing um, a pastor, it might have even been Pastor Chandler say that he loves going into other countries because they're hungry for God. That Americans, were too comfortable. I remember our first missions trip and we were in a church. They had benches with no backs on them. The floor, dirt floor. And those people were on their knees in the dirt crying out for God. And we all looked at each other like, wow, we so spoiled in America. If the air conditioning's not working, we don't even want to go to church. Never mind sit on a bench with no back on a dirt floor. People rode bikes for hours, not cars, not buses, a dirt bike with no brakes for hours to get into the presence of God. What makes you pray? Then he says, after we seek his face, we're asked to turn. Can you just turn your body just slightly? Turn, turn, turn. Now turn to the other side. Just turn, 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 turn. Turn from our wicked ways. Not just turn. It means to go into another direction. So our wicked ways are over here. If I were to ask you, I don't want you to say it out loud. I want you to just allow the Lord to speak to you about your wicked ways. I got my wicked ways. 
I know I'm not alone. Thank you, Darlene, for saying yes. I'm not alone. Thank you. What does it look like to turn from your wicked ways? What does it look like to walk away from those ways, from the pathways that we're walking down that are that word wicked in the Hebrew speaks of evil? So not just bad, evil. So what does that look like to walk away from evil? What does that look like? So if my people, God responds, or God says to Solomon, who are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then he says he'll hear from heaven and he'll forgive our sins and heal our land. So what are some of the things that should make us pray? I'm just going to share these with you and then we're going to pray. So the, some of the things that should make us pray. First of all, the statement that we are God's people. We are God's people. So if you name the name of Christ, then you are a son or daughter of God. Now, it doesn't mean we're automatically that way. We have to receive Christ in order to become his son or daughter. If not, then we are part of his creation, but not necessarily his son or daughter. When you name the name of someone, there are certain rights and privileges. There are certain expectations that go with that. I know back in the day when we used to go to a camp called Boot Camp in Upper Marlboro, Maryland, uh, because I helped organize the trip, my, our sons got certain privileges. We generally were in a suite. And one year, we had a chef because another group that came with us had a chef, and they needed a place to cook. So they said, well, if we can use your suite and cook, then we'll make you whatever you want to have. And so our sons were kind of walking around the camp, the, the, the conference like, we got a personal chef in my, my space, you know, because in our suite, because I'm a ward, so I have a personal chef. They felt like because we are a ward, because I am a part of this people, this kinfolk, there's certain privileges that I get. Yes, and God says the privileges that we get are that prayer is our responsibility. As the people of God, as the sons and daughters of God, prayer is our responsibility. Do we own that prayer is our responsibility? I want you to write down there, right in that space, that I accept my responsibility of prayer. As God's people... The responsibility of prayer rests on us. The follow-up question to that is, if God's people don't pray, who's going to pray? There's that little word, if. If we're not praying, I go back to those older saints. They came here to pray no matter what. There was a space and time when my mother-in-law, Mum Ward, had cancer. She would go to her chemotherapy treatments on Monday and Tuesday. She would rest in her bed. On Wednesday, she would get up and pick up all the other older saints that couldn't drive. They would come here every Wednesday at noon and pray for two hours. Then afterwards, they would get in their car. She'd get in her car, drop everybody else off that didn't walk. She'd go back home and climb in her bed to heal again from those treatments. Mother Adamson would walk around that corner. When she got sick towards the end of her time, her legs were twice 
My, my two legs was one of her legs. She would walk around the corner like this to make it to prayer. She would walk. You'd see her coming down Western Avenue, take the left on Howard Street, but she came to pray. She came to pray for her children and her grandchildren. Deacon Dawes, no matter how sick he was, he made his way to pray. And I don't believe they were just praying when they got here. I believe their homes were altars. I believe that they had places of prayer where they called on God. So I ask you, what makes you pray? I, I, I don't want to be, I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer. I, I want to stir us today to pray. Because we don't know if we're going to be meeting again. Right now they're saying crowds over 250. We don't know how, if that's going to still be the same next week. But will we still pray? Will we still call on God? The responsibility of prayer rests on God's people. I want you to do one more thing. Put your hands on your shoulders. Say, prayer, prayer. is resting on me. I accept my responsibility of prayer. So that means on the prayer call, See, it made it easy for us. All we have to do is dial 10 digits. Well, a few more to get into the impressed pound. <laughs> second point. Second reason why, or I think is a thing that should make you pray. God's eyes and ears are open to our prayers. God said to Solomon, my eyes are open and my ears are open. He said perpetually. So God's eyes and his ears are open 24-7 for prayer. His eyes and his ears. So he's listening and he's looking for prayers 24-7. The Bible likens our prayers in the Old Testament to incense going forth before God. I remember my husband and I, we needed something, and it was like after midnight. And we headed to our 24-hour, our all-night drugstore in our neighborhood. When we got there, the drugstore was closed. And we sat there like, this is supposed to be a 24-hour store. I won't mention the name of it because I don't want to get in trouble. It's supposed to be 24 hours. And the sign out front still said 24 hours, but they were closed. So we gathered ourselves again and said, okay, well, we know there's another 24-hour store not too far. So we went down the road, and that 24-hour store was open because we knew we could get what we needed any time of day or night. Now, if we can think of that in relationship to a store, what about with God? His eyes and his ears are open all the time. It forever, perpetually. His eyes and his ears are open. So why aren't we praying more? What would make you pray if you really knew that God's eyes and his ears, he's watching, he's listening. Who's praying? He's watching. Is there any prayers? Is there any incense going up? He's watching and he's listening. Where is the prayer? The people of God. I pray that we would 
be invited, that we would understand that God's eyes and ears, that what would make us pray is just knowing that God's listening to our prayers, just knowing God is waiting. God's sitting there on his throne, waiting to hear me pray, waiting to hear us pray, waiting to see us send forth some some incense. So I'm going to pause for a minute. Talk to God. Go ahead and pray. Say something to him. Go ahead. Pray for a minute. He's waiting right now. He's waiting right now. Give him some prayer. Talk to him right now. Come on. Talk to him. Talk to him. No matter your age, talk to him. Send a prayer up. Come on. Tell him. Tell him. Tell him something. Tell him something. Give him a prayer. Thank you, God. We bless your name, God. We lift our voices before you today. Right now, Lord, we're lifting our prayers before you as incense, as sacrifice, God. We're lifting it before you. It is incense even now, God. We're lifting our prayers before you. Your eyes are open. Your ears are open to hearing us even now. We're not afraid, God. We're praying for family members. We're praying, Lord, for our communities. We're praying for our nation, Lord. We're praying. We're talking to you, God. Our nation, our nation is hurting right now. We need you, God. We need you, God. We need you, Lord. We're humbling ourselves. We're seeking your face. We're calling upon you, Lord. Speak to our hearts, Lord. Increase our prayer, O oh God. Increase us. Increase us so that we would pray and seek your face. Seek your face, God. We want to seek you, Lord. We want to seek you, God. We want to seek you, O oh God. Turn our hearts that we would seek your face. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. God's eyes, your eyes. We thank you, God, that your eyes and your ears are open to our prayers perpetually forever. Help us to increase our prayer before you, God. Help us to increase our prayer, our prayer, that we would take time to talk to you, to intercede, to call on your name. What makes us pray? A third point, and then I'm done. What makes us pray? God chose, and he set apart the church. Now, in the scripture, it says his house. That's the Old Testament. In the New Testament, it's the church. It's the called out ones. It's the people of God. He chose us and he set us apart. Three things. Number one, he wanted his name to be there forever. So when people say, ah, you're a person of God. Ah, that's a person of God. Woozy doesn't have to go before people and say, hi, my name is Woozlin and I'm the CEO of Woozy's Hair Company and I'm a Christian. They know she's a person of God. They know she's a person of faith. God's name is upon her. her God's name is upon her. God says, my name will be there forever. When you are a person of prayer, God's name is stamped on you. When you are a people know, you know praying people. You also know people that don't pray. Because people who pray walk in a space of boldness. People who pray uh, don't walk in fear. People who pray walk in a certain authority. They can call things that are not as though they were. People who pray don't cower at everything. People who pray know the will of God for their lives. People who pray, I hope I'm pushing you to become a person of prayer. God is pushing us to become people of prayer. His name, he stamps his name on you. You don't have to wear a big cross and a big sign. People will know that you represent God and there's no foolishness happening around here. You will bring that to your business. You'll bring it to your school. You'll bring it to your family. God's name will be on you forever. 
he also chooses and sets apart his people, his church. He says, number two, that his eyes may be there perpetually. His eyes, I go back to his eyes and his ears. He says, my eyes, I'm going to see and I'm going to help you to be able to see. Some of us are trying to figure out what it is God wants to do in our life. Well, part of it is you're not praying. If you pray, you'll see. Well, I want to see. You just had a good example of that this morning. She prayed so she could see. And God only gave her enough for the next step. We try to go too far ahead of God. That's why God said, I didn't tell you to go there today. I told you to go. I will let you know when to go. He will tell you, this is the way, walk in it. But we have to, we have to be praying so God's eyes, so we can see what he wants us to see, how he wants us to see, when he wants us to see it. And then thirdly, he says that my heart will be there perpetually. God's heart. Can you imagine having God's heart? Solomon's father, David, was it was said that he was a man after God's heart. Yes. Proverbs 31, 11 mentions that when a man, when a man loves a woman, that he takes his heart and he gives it to her and he safely gives it. Mathily said, I have given my heart to my wife. He said, she trusts me, I trust her. She brings out the best in me. She believes in me. That's huge. Wives, women, we have a great responsibility with the heart of a man. You can crush that man's heart. Or you can build it up. God says, my heart will be there perpetually. When you have someone's heart, you are in. God says, my heart, when you pray, when you pray, I'm going to set you apart, put my name on you. You will see what's happening and you'll have my heart. There's security in the heart of God. There is peace in the heart of God. I wanted to share this with you today because I believe God is calling us as a congregation, as a people, to a place of prayer that's going to require us to change our posture a bit, humble ourselves, stop thinking we got every answer, because we don't. I don't know about you, but I have no idea what's happening. I got some travel plans. We got a son across the country. We don't even know if he's going to make it home. We have to trust God. We have to trust. We have to pray. We need to see what God is saying. And we need to get the heart of God. So when we go to our jobs, if we're there physically or if we're working remotely, we can still be people of integrity, that we can still get done what we need to get done that we can be a blessing in our communities, that we can be a blessing as a people of faith. This is time for the people of faith to rise up. This is our time right now. 
This ought not to scare you. This is our time. This is where we get to roll up our sleeves and get on our knees and begin to call on God and begin, because this is an international crisis. This is an international call. What makes you pray? Some of you may have heard people in Italy can't go anywhere. They're singing out their windows. Do you hear that? They're singing. They're singing. What is God asking of the people of God? We were at a prayer meeting yesterday, and, and Sister Betsy led, and she's been sharing some of the things that God is saying. God is saying the same thing to intercessors. I got people texting me from all over the place, and God is saying the same thing. Let's return to prayer. Would you stand right where you are? We're going to make it your altar. Musicians, if you come, we're just going to pray. I want to make sure that you're clear about what makes you pray. It should not only be for tragedy. You should not only be praying when you need something from God. But we as God's people, his name is on us. We want to see as he's seeing. We want his heart. If you wouldn't mind buying it, bowing your head and closing your eyes, I want to make sure that everybody can hear from God, that you can pray. I don't want to assume that everybody in this place is a Christian. Because for some of us to be able to call on God the way he's calling and to say that you, his name is on you, you first have to be a Christian. You first have to have made a decision to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. In the book of Romans, chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, it says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Because with the heart you believe and you get in right standing with God and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So for some of us, the first step in being able to pray the way God wants us to pray, to be able to seek his face, is to seek his face first for salvation, for the reception and receiving the gift of his son who died on the cross for us and who is now seated at the right hand of God. So I want to grant you that opportunity that if that's what you need to do, I want you to pause for a moment. We'll lead you in a prayer of salvation. If you wouldn't mind just putting your hand up and putting it down, or maybe you're home watching and you need to receive Christ. Here's your opportunity to say, you know what? I've been trying to do this in my own strength. I've been waiting for science to figure it out, or I'm waiting for somebody else to figure it out. And God is saying, no, 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 no. I need you to come to me. I need you to seek my face. I need you to call on me. So every head's bowed and eyes closed. Father, right now, we thank you for this opportunity to be able to pray with our brothers and sisters and pray with people who have not yet received you. And God, we pray for those that need to come to you. We ask that they would acknowledge that they have sinned and all of us have fallen short of your glory. All of us have missed it. All of us have missed it. But now we're choosing to take a new posture. We're choosing to humble ourselves, to, to get out of the way, to get low. We're choosing a posture of total surrender before you. We're choosing a posture of dependence on you and not ourselves. And we pray that you would wash us clean and that you would set us on the path of righteousness, right standing with you. We receive the gift of your son. 
We now make a choice to walk before you in a way that is pleasing. Thank you for your gift. Thank you for loving us so much, for sending him to us. We bless you and we praise you in Jesus' name. And now, Father, we come before you as your people. Lord, forgive us. Forgive us where we have not prayed. Forgive us where we have put television. Forgive us where we've put our jobs. Forgive us where we've put our money. Forgive us where we put our cars. Forgive us where we put relationships. Lord, we put things before you, and your people have not been seeking your face. Your people. And Father, we repent, and we ask for forgiveness. And God, we pray that we would begin to call on you, that we would pray, that we would even remember that we are your people and that the responsibility of prayer rests on us. Would you remind us that your ears are open and your eyes are open and that we would take every opportunity to cry out to you, to lift up our voices as a trumpet, that we would take every opportunity to seek your face that we would take every opportunity when we see things and even before we see them, when you nudge us, that we would move, whether it's during the day or the wee hours of the morning, that we would make this place a place of prayer. Lord, we don't know what the days ahead are coming. We don't know what they're going to bring us. But we do know that we are your sons and daughters. We do know that we are the head and not the tail. We do know that greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. We do know that we can agree and touch in prayer without physically being present, God. We can touch and agree with our brothers and sisters all around the globe. We can call on you. We can call on the name of the Lord that we can be saved. We can call on the name of the Lord, whether there's drought, whether we don't have enough of this or that or the next thing. We can still call on the name of the Lord. God, I pray now that there would be a spiritual push to pray, that there'd be a spiritual push to seek your face. God, that we won't wait until we're told we can't leave our houses. God, that we won't wait to be told that we can't do certain things. But God, we would turn our hearts towards you now, that we would seek you for our children and our children's children, that we would seek you for our neighborhoods, that we would pray for the elderly, that we would pray, Lord, for our economy, because we don't know the long-term repercussions of this on our economy, that we would pray for families who are having a tough time with children, don't know where they're going to put their children because they still have to work. Lord, for those that can't work, they don't know how they're going to eat or pay their rent. God, we pray that we as your people would receive this burden of prayer and call on you. That we would lift up our voices as a trumpet. That you can move in the earth. We thank you that your eyes are open. Thank you that your ears are open. God, we pray that you would give us your heart, that we would know your heart in every situation. So God, I decree and declare even now that you enlarge us to be able to know and to receive your heart. Let us not turn away, God, 
Let us not get caught in emotional frenzies. Let us use our emotions, God, but let us not get stuck in our emotions. God, let us seek your face for wisdom and guidance and direction for understanding. Father, help us to call people and to pray with them and for them. Cause the incense of prayer to go before you continually because your people who are called by your name have humbled themselves and they are praying. So Father, thank you for this reminder today. Thank you for calling us to higher places of prayer. We bless you. We praise you. We love you, Daddy. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 While you're still standing, I just I want to ask you to do one thing. I know we're not um, allowed to. We shouldn't be touching one another. If you can just turn to someone that maybe is nearby you. And would you just, if you don't know their name, ask them their name and pray for them. Just pray for them that God would enlarge them so that they can live out this word. And for those of you that are home, you can pray with somebody who's at home or you can call if you're home alone. Then you pray. Ask God to enlarge you. Ask God to enlarge you. Enlarge you in prayer. Enlarge you in prayer. Father, I pray for those that are watching that you would cause us to enlarge in prayer. Cause us, Lord. Grant us the opportunity to be able to grow in our prayers, Lord, that we would be enlarged, that we would be able to receive the prayers and to give prayers for others, Lord, that our prayer lives would grow in you, that we would grow in the times and seasons of prayer, that we would not draw back in prayer, God, but that you would allow us to grow in deeper places, deeper places of prayer, God, deeper places of prayer, God, deeper places of prayer. Let us not be afraid, God. Let us not be afraid. But God, that we would grow in our love, grow in our prayer. We want to grow, God. We want to expand. We want to enlarge, God. We want to be free to pray. Free to pray, God. Free to pray. Free to pray, Lord. Free to pray. Not fearful, God, but trusting you. Free to pray. Enlarge, God, our brothers. Enlarge our sisters. Enlarge our capacity. Enlarge us to be able to pray, God. We stretch back our tents, God, to be able to pray. Lord, cause our languages to grow in prayer in you, Lord, that we would seek your face. We would seek your face, God. Your face we would seek. When you call us, Lord, that we will answer on the first time, that we won't hit the snooze button, that we won't say, God, five more minutes, but, God, that we will pray, that we will seek you. We'll call upon you, Lord. We receive the push today, God. We receive the push today, God. We receive the push to pray, oh God, to go deeper, Lord, to go deeper, God, to go deeper in our prayer, oh God, that we will be known as a people of prayer, that we will be known as a people of prayer, that it will manifest everywhere we go, Lord, that when we see a situation, we'll speak to it right then and right there, that we'll even ask people, can I pray for you? Can I pray with you? That we would not be afraid to call upon the name of the Lord. That we would have your heart, O oh God. The heart of God in every situation. The heart of God in our communities. 
the heart of God for our families, the heart of God for our jobs. Lord, that we would see men and women rising up, that we would see men and women rising up, Lord, new dimensions, new places of prayer, Lord, that we would not be satisfied where we are. We would not be satisfied where we are. Lord, that we would be able to call our children and our children's children to prayer, that they would see examples of praying mothers, praying fathers, people unashamed, people unafraid, people calling on you, people seeking the face of God, people crying out to you, people lifting up their voices in prayer, people seeking the face of God, seeking the purposes of God in prayer, interceding, standing in the gap for others, standing in the gap for others, not in the way, but standing in the gap, calling upon you, crying out, lifting up our voices, saying, God, what is your will for our community? What is your will for our nation? What is your will for the globe? What is your will for other nations? That you would bring about healing, that you would bring about peace, that you would bring about deliverance. Father, that you would bring joy, Lord, that you would bring peace, oh God, to every family, to every situation. Raise up new intercessors, God. Wake up the old intercessors that have been sleeping too long. Awaken us out of our slumber, God. Awaken the prayer warriors out of slumber. Let us arise and shine, for our light has come, for the glory of the Lord is risen, for the glory of the Lord is risen upon us. Arise and shine, O God. Arise and shine. The glory of the Lord is risen. The glory of the Lord is come. The glory of the Lord is risen. The glory of the Lord is come. The glory of the Lord is risen. The glory of the Lord is come. Arise and shine, O God. Arise and shine. Arise, O God. Let your enemies be scattered. Arise, O God. Let your enemies be scattered. Arise, O God, in the midst of your people. May your enemies be scattered. If God be for us, who can be against us? If God be for us, who can be against us? If God be for us, who can be against us? We bless you, God. We honor you today, God. You're welcome in here, O God. You're welcome in our homes, O God. Let our homes even become places of prayer, God. Let us dedicate our homes as places of prayer, God. Places of prayer, God. Places of prayer. Let our homes be, become places of prayer where you can dwell, where we can see what you're saying, that we know your ears are open, God, where your heart can dwell, oh God, in us, oh Lord, that the places we go can be a reflection of God that every home, Lord, that we will take over our neighborhoods. We'll take over our neighborhoods, God, because the presence of God is there, because we are abiding in your presence, because we're spending time with you, because we're loving you, God, because we're calling on you, God, because we're seeking your face, God, as your people. We're crying on you, oh God. We're calling on you, Lord, because there's no other help we know. There's no other help we know. So we seek your face. We seek your face. We seek your face. We seek your face, O oh Lord. Every house, every house, every house, every house, every house, every house. I want, I want to ask you to do a couple of things. When you go home today, I want, you can keep playing. I, when you go home today, I want you to anoint your house afresh. 
um, back in the Old Testament, they literally took the blood of a lamb and put it to protect it. I want you to anoint your home. I want you to anoint your house. If you, to, if you, don't, if you can't go outside, at least do the inside. The doorposts do inside your house. Get some oil. You don't have oil, use Crisco, use something, okay? You don't have oil, then, then take the sweat off your brow and do something, okay? At least touch it. Anoint, anoint your house. Anoint your house. No plague will come nigh your dwelling place. Okay? Number one. Number two, I want to ask you, increase your word content because we need to be praying the word. Praying the word. Some of us were a part, there was a prophetic school, mastering the prophetic school this week. And you could hear the difference in different people, people who knew the word, prayed the word, and people who didn't know the word. They were praying things. But how you increase your prayer stance is increasing the word because you can pray the word. And it's okay if you open your Bible and you're reading, you're like, I don't have it memorized. That's okay. Quote it out of the scripture. Okay? Increase your word. Increase your word. Pray the word. Pray the scriptures. You don't know where to go. Go to Saul. David prayed. A lot of what he prayed, even what Solomon prayed, is all from the Old Testament. He's praying from way back, and he's praying some of the Decalogue, some of the things of Moses. He's praying. So pray the word. Increase your word. So first, anoint your house. Pray the word. And then three, to all the men of the house, God's been saying this over and over again, I just want to encourage you to go in in prayer. The men and the prayer call. If we can hear more of your voices on the prayer call, Brothers, we need your prayers. We need, what I remember most about the praying people in this church were the fathers. Reverend Aiden C. Ward, Brother Philip Waith, that's um, Sister Leotha and Sister Diane's uncle. He was another big, like a Chris Cheney, biscuit-eating guy. This guy, when he spoke, when he prayed, you knew he was hearing from God. The men in this house have a legacy of prayer. And I want to encourage all of the men, young men, older men, to begin to take up the mantle of prayer in a greater responsibility. We need you as late. We need you. Prayer is not just for women. It's not just for women. So brothers, I want to encourage you. Ladies, I want to encourage you to, again, pray the scriptures. Write down specific prayers from the scriptures, write down, don't get caught up. I'm not talking emotion. I'm talking about praying what the word says. Get a prayer plan in place for your family, for your job, your community, because we are living in some times and everybody can do this, but I want to encourage you to do that. So first of all, anoint your house. Second of all, pray scriptures. Thirdly, men and women, to take up that prayer mantle and walk accordingly. Thank you all for hearing the charge. Um, I know, again, we can't touch each other. Just push yourself. Come on, just push yourself. Come on and push yourself on the other side. Say, that's my prayer push. Tell somebody, say, that's my prayer push. That's my prayer push. That's my prayer push. God bless you. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. Aren't you glad you came to church this morning? And for those of you who are watching by Facebook Live, we want to, uh, again, uh, thank you for tuning in to our service this morning and being a part of our worship experience and hearing the word of the Lord.
Um, today, I just want to just uh, give you a couple of announcements before we have uh, our time we, we give and we sow. Um, today has been a, a day where the President of the United States has um, deemed this day as the National Day of Prayer. Um, so I don't know how many of you know that, but it, today is the National Day of Prayer. Uh, it's, it's a timely word that we receive today concerning what makes us pray. Uh, it, it is so important that even strategically we are in the 40 days of prayer. I had no idea that the Lord would call us because we normally don't do 40 days of prayer during Lent. We have our, use our consecration in the beginning of January, but it was this year the Lord said do a time and bring a time to the people where we have 40 days of prayer. And so I just want to remind you that we, we are in a very strategic period, a very pivotal time, and prayer is the pivotal thing that we must do. And so I want to encourage you to continue to pray for yourself, pray for your family, pray with someone. How many of you have been praying with somebody over these last several days? If you missed a day, that's okay, but, but pray with somebody, pray for somebody. Call them on the phone say, hey, I, you know, you've been on my mind. Let me, let me pray for you. Let me pray. Now you have a lot of time because you ain't really going nowhere. <laughs> you know, it's not like you have a busy schedule, right? It's not like you have a whole bunch to do. Uh, they, they have really shut down all types of events. And they, they, I just got a text as we, we were in, uh, in worship. They're shutting down the bars. They're shutting down all of those things. So you have a lot of time on your hands right now. So there's no reason why you can't get on the prayer call and, and, and be a part of prayer. Thursday nights, please be a part of prayer. Um, but I also want to um, share with you that as uh, you're, you're, we're working through this, this, uh, this event, this, this whole coronavirus and just, just the, the pandemic that's going nationally and globally, um, please pay attention to our website. Um, there's a lot of information that's there that's going to help you from the CDC. Um, uh, Sister Tonya has been actually keeping up on a lot of things that we need to know to keep you safe. So please make sure that you tune to the website. Also, I'll be doing a, a short version on Facebook and Facebook Lives, uh, just telling you what I do to get through times like these. You, you might be wondering, what do I do to get through times like these? Well, I'm going to tell you what I do. And, and the thing that I want to share with you is that it's so important that you keep your spirit strong. Tell your neighbor, keep your spirit strong. Keep your spirit strong. There, there's so much, they're saying it's going to get worse before it gets better. And I want you to keep your spirit strong. You're going to hear a lot of th different things. A lot of different emails are going to come your way. Changes are going to happen, but keep your spirit strong. And the way that you keep your spirit strong, you have to feed your soul. Come on now, you have to feed your soul. This, this is time for us as believers to stand up and be the light, right? And so anyone around you that needs help, needs support, reach out to us. Call us on the phone. Text us. Our, our emails are there. Uh, our information is there. You know somebody's in trouble. They have some problems. Maybe they're quarantined and they can't get out to get any groceries. Let us know what's happening so that we can be of service. Amen? Amen. Got a question back there? Come here. I hold the mic while you talk. Because I want people to see and hear you. Um, hi, Abundant Life. 
Um, so being a teacher, um, I know that one of the things that's happening right now is that many of our kids, um, they're at home. And it's a time that is very unusual for many parents because this is going to be a whole lot more parenting than many parents have ever had to do because um, there is no after school. And there is no school. There's their kids. Your kids are home. And um, typically in society, if it's not the school day, it's the after school. If it's not the after school, it's the activities. It's, if it's not that, it's the camps. There's always something available to send your kid to. And now the kids are home. And so they're, they're going to be really, this is hard for them. And just, I wanted, I just felt it in me to say that please keep in mind, as difficult it is for you as an adult, this is really hard on them. And they need to be challenged. They need to be stimulated. They need a schedule. They need a structure. Take the time to set up some type of structure to be with your kids because it, you, it could be looked at as a time of frustration, but it can also be seen as such a blessing. Yes, if you look at this rare moment that you can actually spend time with your kids and get to know them better, your grandkids, and get to build that family time and schedule the day, not rigidly because it's not a school day, but say to, your kid, say to yourself, I'm going to have math with my kid at this time. We're going to read at this time. We're going to go out, even if it's your little area, or make them do exercises at home. It's a lot of energy to keep inside. So, you know, and, and teach them stuff that they might not have. Kids can learn how to cook now. They can learn how to sew now. They can learn how to clean now. Teach them how to fish. So this is a very special time. It is not a time of burden. It's actually a time of blessing. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? Thank you very much. Now you heard it from a teacher, that Georgia Balan. Um, and so take that word as an encouragement to you who are, have your children at home, uh, just to create that structure. And if you don't, uh, I think we need to also put that on the website to help others as well. And that would be a good idea to do that. So we'll put some things for parents on that website. Amen. All right. Without further ado, we're going to call uh, Minister Devin McCauley. She's going to receive our offering. And uh, we're going to have just a little worship and we're going to pray ourselves out. Amen. God bless you. Amen. So just acknowledging a few of the things that Bishop had talked about in regards to announcements. With the thing